Welcome to Catalytic Leadership, the podcast designed to help leaders intentionally grow and thrive. Here is your host, author and leadership and executive coach, Dr. William Attaway. Hey, it's William, and welcome to today's episode of the Catalytic Leadership Podcast. Each week, we tackle a topic related to the field of leadership. My goal is to ensure that you have actionable steps you can take from each episode to grow in your own leadership. Growth doesn't just happen. My goal is to help you become intentional about it. Each week, we spotlight leaders from a variety of fields, organizations, and locations. And my goal is for you to see that leaders can be catalytic no matter where they are or what they lead. I draw inspiration from the stories and journeys of these leaders, and I hear from many of you that you do too. Let's jump in to today's interview. I'm thrilled today to have Craig Cook on the podcast. Craig is a successful entrepreneur who had the foresight to start a digital-first company, utilizing the internet long before digital-first, digital transformation, and other buzzwords of today were created. With extremely limited resources of $1,300 and an Apple computer, he started RhythmNet.com with a couple of friends from college. Over the years of struggle, adaptation, and repositioning the brand, Rhythm was sold to a world-class digital creative agency in 2019. Craig stayed with the company for just over three years, completing a 26-year marathon of running the company as CEO. Today, Craig shares his business wisdom, experience, and expertise in three key areas, executive leadership, brand development, and marketing communications. He's published his first book, Business Kung Fu, which has attained bestseller status on Amazon. Also, he studied and served as a practitioner of Chinese medical Qigong since 2015, bringing energy healing to hundreds of people. Currently, he's pursuing a doctorate of Chinese energy medicine from the Temple of Change and Transformation. <laughs> Craig, I'm so excited that you're here. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, thank you, William. Thanks for you. Thank you for that intro. That's great. And I'm really happy to be here, excited to talk with you today. So thank you. I would love to start with you sharing some of your story with our listeners, Craig, particularly around your journey and your development as a leader. How did this all get started? Well, I'll start with um, when I was very young, I actually was fortunate enough to grow up in an entrepreneurial family. Um, my mother had a very small restaurant, just like 14 tables. And um, my parents also had an a automatic fire sprinkler construction company, it was small too. Um, yeah, designing, installing, maintaining automatic fire sprinkler systems. And they did uh, pretty well uh, for a period of time. But then when the early uh, 90s, the recession at that time hit, uh, it was a downward spiral. So it's interesting to kind of witness and be a part of a rise and fall of a family, family business. And uh, I actually started working when I was 10 years old in my mother's restaurant washing dishes. You know, couple nights a week, you know, not, um, nothing too terrible. <laughs> you know, it, it was for me, I just liked to be around, uh, my mom and other people in there. Cause otherwise I was by myself. So I didn't mind it. It, it was cool. And then, and when I 13, I continued to wash dishes until I was 13. Then I became a bus boy and then, uh, I continued that until I was 16. And then I became a waiter 
And, and you know, that, that was an interesting job with being a waiter. It teaches you so much, just working in a restaurant in general, but also in that role, learning uh, efficiency, you know, not wasting a trip, being organized, handling stress and pressure, because when it's super busy, well, you know, the restaurant environment is tough. And also teamwork, communication, salesmanship, because when you're speaking with the customers, you're telling them the nightly specials and, you know, all those things. And um, yeah. there's just so many lessons that were learned. So that's, I was so fortunate to grow up in that environment and I went trade it for the world. You know, there's a lot of hard work. And, wow. and then when I was 16, I also uh, started working in the fire sprinkler shop, cutting and fabricating pipe. And then once in a while, I'll go out in the field, but most of my time was in the shop and steel pipe, super heavy. You know, when it's summertime, it's 110 out. That pipe is super hot, hot burning through the gloves. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it was, it was manual tough work, but it was good for me. You know, it's, yeah. uh, you know, it was, it was good for me. So, um, and then when I was in college, I was very shy, actually, um, when I was younger in high school and so forth. When I went to college, I definitely forced myself to get more involved and, um, uh, took on some leadership positions in various uh, organizations on campus. And that was kind of the, the start of that. And then when I started my company, uh, you know, you're a leader from day one. And that evolved over time as far as uh, with the company growing and and lessons learned and so forth, which, you know, we can talk about all that. But that's kind of the summary of it started when I was small and continued you know, up until this day, actually. You know, it's so interesting. I often say that that there's no such thing as a wasted experience. Mm -hmm. And and I love how so many different parts of your story, you know, led to you becoming the leader that you are today. And I would imagine had a, a pretty significant impact on how you led rhythm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, growing growing up in that environment, understanding um, the hard work, the work ethic, the strong work ethic. And and really instilled that ethic in me to where I could lead by example. And, you know, that was one of the biggest things that as a leader, I thought was very important was leading by example, just yeah. not asking people to do things that I wasn't willing to do myself. Yeah. Right? As I like, including to stay late. And, you know, a lot of times, that oh, hey, we got to stay late tonight. Oh, hey, I stayed with them, you know, uh, working, you know, hands on doing things, trying to help get the project executed and finished and wrapped up. Uh, so yeah, that, that's one thing. And the communication aspect is huge and dealing with stress and pressure because is it, uh, being a busboy, dishwasher, busboy, waiter, all those positions and watching how the breakdown inside the kitchen, how things can, can break down when there's stress and pressure and the communication is lost and, and temper get the best of people and, um, mistakes get made and, and just how things can kind of break down in those moments. It doesn't help. So, so is, uh, interesting to to witness that and, and uh, i was always very observant of people and behavior and it was always like filing okay note to self note to self you know it's so interesting how how you know family origins play so much into our story mm -hmm. you know my, my grandfather started a children's clothing store uh started his own business with a children's clothing store right and my dad started his own business he started a, a traditional advertising agency back in the 70s uh, right? wow. and ran that until he retired mm -hmm. you started a digital marketing company in 1996 yes long before most people were thinking about digital marketing 
Yes. What, yes, that's what, right. what brought you to that decision point? Yeah, so um, I know it's, uh, I, I joke when I tell people, yeah, I started a digital first company in the 20th century. Right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah. So uh, at the time, um, right around 1995, I was I was getting online a lot through America Online. Yeah. Oh, yeah. AOL was a thing. I used to get the CDs. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The CDs, all that stuff. And uh, so I was learning about the internet. And so I was like, wow, fascinating. And actually, when I was in college, my first exposure, I, I worked for uh, another job I had <laughs> when I was young. Uh, I think when I was around 21. Um, and we had this one on-campus job. I worked for this teacher, and, and she had access. She had an email, right? So I worked for yeah. her, and she would be flying all over the country. And she yeah, emailed me this, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, wow, man, this is like instant communication. Uh, this is this is incredible, right? <laughs> and then uh, and then shortly after graduation, the World Wide Web came into play, you know, as far as like rising in popularity. And so I started learning and reading about that. And I was getting together with one of my friends. Um, uh, we had passion for music, and we were getting together writing songs and so forth. And I, um, one day, uh, coming back from uh, the beach, yeah, from the beach, one day, I stopped at this computer store. And at the time, uh, in the magazine rack, there was a bunch of CD-ROM magazines. So this one was called MusicNet, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, MusicNet. I took it home and put in the CD, and there was all these bands that I never heard of before and you, know, you watch their videos and listen to them and like I was like wow this is cool and I was like wow yeah this would be neat to uh, you know get music online you know because of the internet stuff that I was yeah. talking about and then conversations with my friend one thing led to another about like hey it'd be a cool thing to do for other musicians so that's uh, the genesis of, of the idea where we started rhythmnet.com so there's three of us um, myself and two friends and uh, it's really creating uh, a platform to fight against the established music industry, right? To nice. get um, the opportunity for all these independent artists that were super talented where people could uh, discover them, read about them, listen to song samples, and buy their CDs online through a secure server. Way back in 1996, we had all that set up. But... Uh, as you know, there was no broadband. You know, the, we started with 14.4 modem connections. When we went to 28.8, we were like, yeah, and then 56K. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Those days. And um, and there was only 30 million people worldwide online at the time. No MP3s. And everyone was afraid to buy stuff using their credit card online yeah. at the time. So it was an idea before its time, in a sense. But that's okay. Is uh, uh, we we adapted and um, you know because we were struggling with that. I mean, we we all put in thirteen hundred dollars a piece, and I had wow. a computer, and that's what we started with. <laughs> wow. Very limited resources, and yeah, and we none of us had you know money, <laughs> so <laughs> it was just grinding, grind, grind. And uh, uh, after a couple of years, we started to. Uh, filled a lot of requests for websites for companies like people you know, you know this internet stuff can you do a website for a company oh yeah sure why not um and then after filling a bunch of those requests like ah, we can actually make good money for our time doing this so we switch gears put the music thing on the side uh kept maintaining it and then changed our name to rhythm net design group 
Mm-hmm. or adopted another name and then started focusing on web design for companies and then over time uh started acquiring uh, additional capabilities because i saw a vision of the future of an integrated approach to marketing you know with uh, offline and online and just worked over time to build up those capabilities like email marketing search marketing I learned a lot of print actually we did a lot of cd-rom manufacturing and package design and printing wow. brokering printing um, and which led to CD-ROM projects where big pharmaceutical companies, I worked with like uh, almost all of big pharma companies doing um, runs of these CD-ROM applications that were patient education, um, multimedia experiences. And uh, we would do 50,000, 100,000, half a million, 1 million unit runs wow. of these um, uh, really pretty cool applications. It was cool stuff. Um, those were neat days. Um, but yeah, we just just ad- ad- adapted and evolved over time to become this uh, integrated digital agency. Mm-hmm. And then a 26-year run as the CEO of that. I mean, yes. that's yes. pretty unique. You don't see a lot of people making a 26-year run with the same organization. Yeah, I'm a marathon runner. I equate each year to a mile. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I ran a marathon. And uh, believe me, when I finished, uh, I really needed to decompress and, and take a break. I mean, it's a great journey, great run, but I, I really need to actually, yeah, you're right. A lot of people, um, you know, they, they bounce around or they stick with someone like five years or maybe mm-hmm. 10 years or, or whatever. But yeah, 26 years. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, the day the business was officially sold uh, was January 2nd, 2019. And we had mm-hmm. officially started our business on January 2nd, 1996. Wow. So it was the anniversary to the day, our 23rd wow. year anniversary of when the company officially sold. This. So that My was kind of cool. That is cool. <laughs> I would imagine that kind of that kind of run and that kind of success had a cost. Uh, yes, it did. <laughs> Yes. Um, now everything has a cost. Nothing's yeah. free. Sure. Everything has a cost. Even if you think it's free, it's not because at the bare minimum, it's time and time it's money time. Even if you don't think of it that way, it's money. We only have so much time in our life. So every second you spend, that way you say the, the, the same, how do you spend your time? You're spending yeah. your time. There's a cost to everything. Yeah. So for me, yeah, one of my biggest uh, costs was my health. Mm. I, I was in such great shape when I was uh, 25 when I started my company because I'd been studying martial arts uh, intensively for um, eight years from 17 to 25. And I did a lot of strength training too, and I was just in really tip-top shape. Uh, and that carried me through a good solid five years at least uh, as I was just so all into the company and like nothing else and working crazy hours get hardly getting any sleep, three to five hours of sleep a night. And um, that catches up with you, <laughs> you know? So by the time I got into my mid thirties, uh, suddenly my health turned around. Like I was just overweight, um, mm-hmm. just, just out of shape completely. And continue that. And in my early forties, I was like, man, I need to do something about this. Because I was just always tired, crashing. Um, you know, I get home at night and eat dinner, and then or after dinner, I'd crash on the couch, not wanting to. I, it would just happen, and that was never me. I was like, "Wow, what's going on?" You know, the kids would want to play and stuff, and um, no, that was that was a challenging time. And I ended up going to a doctor, uh, naturopath doctor. She's still my doctor today, and so this is about like seven years ago or so. 
and got a blood panel and um, discovered that I had a challenge with diabetes. Mm. I was diagnosed with diabetes. Yeah. And uh, I like to say a challenge because it's mindset. Yeah. Right? I, I don't claim it. It's more I have a challenge with it. So um, that hit me uh, like a baseball bat. Yeah. Like, wow, I'm only like 40, well, 44, 45 at the time. 45, 46, yeah. Um, and I was like, wow, it's too early. Well, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I got to do something about it. So I talked to her like, hey, yeah, I want to change this. And um, I didn't want to take any pharmaceutical meds. Um, I worked enough with the pharma companies, not a fan. <laughs> so <laughs> I said, you know, how could I beat this naturally? And she said, you can do it. Um, you know, it's a lifestyle change. So I said, all right, let's, uh, let's do that. Help me out. So um, went on this journey of, of transforming myself. And, and today I've reversed it 100% naturally. Um, so awesome. that was, that was a thank you. That was a big cost though. Like, wow, what, what a lesson. So definitely something I like to share to people. Like uh, you got to take care of yourself, make time for self-care. Even if you don't think you have the time. And I know, believe me, I understand because I was so all in, like mm -hmm. I have time for nothing else. Get it yeah. done, get it done. But if you don't take the time, you end up, even if you don't feel like you're burned out mentally from the work, you're just physically tired. Like I said, I would crash on the couch. I would never do that. I would just go, 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 go. So I was physically not even able to continue mm. uh, to be as productive as I used to be. Mm. Uh, so if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to be of service to others. Sure. So that so in my book, I have this statement, uh, be of service to self so you can be of service to others for a lifetime. I love that. Let's let's talk about your book. What what inspired you to put words on paper? Hmm. Well, actually, my very first passion in life was books. Um, as soon as I could, was able to read, I always had a book in my face. <laughs> you know, I was always always reading, constantly reading. And before then, I'd always be asking my mom to read to me. Yeah. And um, but as soon as I could read, always a book in my face for for the longest time. And it was really my very first passion. And I remember being around 17, 18 or so, thinking, hmm, one day I'd really love to write a book. You know, so it was just a, a thought, a desire in my mind that kind of just got filed away. And, of course, I didn't know on what that would be. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just because I just love books so much. And then around 2011, yeah, because it took me 12 years to get this done, uh, I thought, you know, it's time for me to write that book because uh, I have a, a great story to tell. Yeah. And I came up with the concept of business Kung Fu. because so I was thinking, what's the story I can tell and share with people? Yeah. But I'm glad it took me 12 years to get it done because if I had wrote it back then, it wouldn't be as valuable as it is today with the lessons and the journey that I've had up until today. Mm. You know, I, I'll often talk about how the experiences in our lives are never wasted, but they're also not just for us. And, you know, we, we have an opportunity. We can either be a reservoir of all the experiences and the learnings, the things that we gain, or we can be a conduit of that. And we can share those with those around us so that our experiences then are not just for us, they're also for the benefit of those around us. And I love that that's how you see sharing through your book. So tell me, Business Kung Fu, tell me, like, what kind of audience is this book most suited for? Who did you write to? 
Yes. Um, and uh, real quick, 100%, I agree with that statement that you just made. Uh, I mean, that's one of the big things when I, after I rested from the marathon and I started thinking about the next chapter, it's like, wow, I have all this experience. How selfish would it be of me not to share that? Yeah. Right. So I said, I need to share this. So, you know, big aspect of doing what I'm doing today, uh, which we could get into. But um, so the book uh, is a component of this sharing and it's really geared for entrepreneurs. Um, that's the context, you know, has been my journey. Now, any sort of business professional could benefit. Um, any professional field, actually, that could benefit from some of the underlying principles. And it's interesting, some of the re reviews that I've been getting on Amazon, there's been comments where some people have stated, not only is it a good roadmap for business and entrepreneurs, but it's a good roadmap for life. And um, I was like, wow, that's that's really cool. Yeah, uh, yeah it wasn't the intent. It is really geared towards entrepreneurs, but but it, it's correct. It's kind of neat when you can kind of take those lessons and extrapolate it into other aspects of life because there's definitely some universal principles um, that can apply to anything, really. It, it, at the bottom line, the end of the day, the book is a mindset book, and it's geared for entrepreneurs because of the context of the story. One of the things that I really appreciated about it was how authentic you are. You know, you don't try to paint over mistakes. You don't try to, mm -hmm. to, to minimize, you know, what you had, your contributions to things that didn't go right or as planned. You were very open about that. You're very honest about that. And that's not always the case. Yeah, you're right. None of us are perfect. There's always bumps in the road. We're human. And, and you know, I, I'm very good at what I do. But the only reason why is because I made a ton of mistakes, <laughs> a ton of mistakes. And and when you make those mistakes, sometimes that's really just the best way to learn because it, it, the the impact that it has on you. Wow, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. Um, and, you, you know, you don't do it again. I mean, if you repeat it and you didn't acknowledge that you've made a mistake in the first place and didn't learn from it. And that's just silly. You know, if yeah. you want to be successful, you need to be honest and and objective. You know, be the observer and be like, ooh, yeah, I was in the wrong there, or I made this mistake, or wow, I didn't pay attention to that detail. Oh man, I gotta I gotta make sure I follow this process, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's what you have to do in order to be successful. So yeah, that's just a part of, of sharing. And thank you for um sharing that with me because they yeah, are very, very purposeful. You gotta have to be open and authentic. No doubt. So I'd love for you to share, you know, some of the some of the content from the book, some of the, the lessons or the concepts that, that you share so that sure. our listeners can can get a flavor of it. OK, yeah, um, I'd like to start with, let's say, chapter one. When I started studying Chinese Kung Fu, uh, it starts with building a foundation, you know, just like you build a foundation for a home or a skyscraper. You know, so you need that foundation in order to be structurally sound. So uh, the, the same thing with Chinese martial arts, you get your foundation, which is a combination of stances and stepping and punches and kicks and guards and blocking. Um, yeah, but it's a limited set. And, and it was practicing that for months upon months and going through a lot of pain and through the, the effort and, you know, really building a solid foundation. So then I could get things that were uh, more evolved, more sophisticated, et cetera, et cetera. The same thing comes with starting a company. Hmm. You have to have 
uh, a foundation as to, you know, why are you in business to begin with? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you going to offer as a product or service uh, or both? And how is that going to create value uh, for people? And um, there's a, an aspect of what I call the five elements of entrepreneurship, which is really important to develop and balance as an entrepreneur in order to be successful. And the five elements is based on classic Chinese five element theory. Uh, that that five element theory applies to martial arts, applies to uh, traditional Chinese medicine, and also spiritual systems from the Chinese culture. Those five elements uh, happen to be uh, fire, earth, water, metal, wood. Now, in my book, um, inspired by that model, I identified five elements of entrepreneurship where that starts with passion, which then leads to discipline, which leads to expertise, meaning expert skills, Mm. which leads to confidence, which then leads to faith. Mm. And it's a generative cycle that builds increases capacity of these elements um and then you want to maintain that balance there there's also uh, a destructive cycle where it could go the other direction and all those elements can start to diminish Mm -hmm. actually if your mindset isn't correct and then there's interrelationships between the elements too Mm -hmm. there could be positive and negative influences uh, depending upon the state of mind and, and modes of thinking and so forth so it's very important uh as an entrepreneur to have those elements developed and balanced in order to be successful from my experience. Yeah. You know, it's so practical what you share in the book, you know, because I think every, any leader, any entrepreneur who's reading this can find themselves in the story. They can find themselves in the say, Oh, Oh, that, that element. Oh, that's yeah. I've, I've kind of doubled down on that one. This one, I really haven't spent a lot of time on. Do you see that? Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you for that. Yes, absolutely. You know, it, it's um, the entrepreneurial journey is it's just a, a universal truth. It's like the hero's yeah. journey. I alluded yeah. to that in the book. Yeah. And, and it's universal. So, you know, I'm just another guy. I'm just an, another normal dude. And I'm not special. And uh, I built something great. But there is a process and, and trials and tribulations. And, and of course, the 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 teacher that shows up and helps along the way. And I have many yeah. and uh, overcoming uh, and coming back with uh, the rewards, you know, it's that whole classic hero's journey and all the entrepreneurs that we all go through it and it's all universal. So thank you for um, making that statement. That's, that's cool that you, you see that. Yeah. I, I just, I would recommend this book to anybody who's in entrepreneurship in any vein of that or truly leadership of any kind, because I think you're going to find so much gold in here that you can pull out and and use that's practical and learn from the wisdom of somebody who's gone before. You know, too many people are, are trying to figure it out. They're trying to build a plane while they're flying it. And, yeah. and, and they're, they're making mistake after mistake after mistake. I'm of the opinion, I'm not going to live long enough to make all the mistakes myself. I'd rather learn from somebody who's made some mistakes so I don't have to make those. I'm going to make plenty of my own, and I do. That's right. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, why, why make mistakes you can avoid yeah. uh, so you can be more efficient in your journey? Uh, and thank you for recognizing that not only entrepreneurs, but any sort of business professional, because I, I agree, um, anyone can really get something out of it and apply it to their particular situational context. 
Um, and yeah, it's, 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 there's just so many aspects to running a company. And, but as you said, making mistakes, we're all going to make mistakes, many of them. But yeah, if you can learn from someone and, and cut off the past, some that could be really burdensome, right? yeah, it could save you time, et cetera. It's about um, not being only effective, but being efficient in your journey. You know, yeah. if, if you can save five years of pain because you listen to someone, that's totally okay. And it should be, you, you should be open to that, actually. Absolutely. So, so you you mentioned earlier that the the book is one component of your next chapter. What else are you doing these days? At the beginning of last year, I decided to start the next chapter. Yeah, and so I announced to um, you know my networks of people. Okay, here's what I'm doing, and which is two main things. One was easy transition to doing business consulting advisory work, and the three areas that being focused on uh, marketing communications uh, with an emphasis on digital experiences based on, of course, running a digital agency, right? No brainer. And then uh, brand development. So actually I had a lot of experience doing brand development and I enjoy that actually. Um, And then a third uh, pillar, leadership uh, development, just based on my track record, what I've achieved, you know, Inc. 5,000 list five years in a row, best places to work four years in a row, et cetera, et cetera. You know, things that I can share with people. So, you know, it's about that sharing, right? So, um, so that's one aspect. Um, and then also, uh, which people can read up a, a little bit on my site is uh, what I refer to as energetic practices. And it's energetic practices. What, is, what does that mean? It means working with uh, energy. And I'm a practitioner of what's called uh, Chinese medical Qigong. It's uh, energy skill. Qigong means energy skill, literally. Hmm. And um, I started that in 2014. It was a game changer for me in running my company. So um, ever since then, I really took a deep dive into that and have been working on um, developing that skill. And I've done conducted over 800 sessions, energy sessions with clients. And I have a lot of professional people that come to see me, actually. Um, and so that's a whole other silo, but what I'm working on doing is kind of bringing those together, mm. but just like I did way back in 1996, combine two passions one yeah. for technology and one for music to create something new, doing the same thing, you know, this, this passion for what I've done all these years. And then also, uh, this passion for Qigong or Chinese energy medicine and bringing this together, these two worlds together, uh, for a number of reasons. Um, one, it's just something that I'm, I'm passionate about. Two, everyone could benefit from it. Three, I just feel it's needed out there in the world, uh, not only in personal, but professional world as well. Uh, I really led my company with a much more heart-centered approach mm. as opposed by an old-fashioned lead-by-fear yeah. approach. Uh, so Qigong can help you maintain that. You know, for me, I was naturally wired that way, but I would lose it at times and, and, and I got off center and out of balance and Qigong really helped me return to center. Mm. Uh, so that's something I want to share with people. And uh, there's, there's, there's a, a lot to it, actually. I'm even enrolled in a doctorate program for Chinese energy medicine that I'm going to be finished up uh, later this year in August. 
So you're pretty busy. <laughs> I am. <laughs> In addition to the book that just came out, yes. Exactly. So, you know, you are continually learning and growing, and this is just one facet of that, right? But, yes. you know, you're going to need to be a better leader five years from now than you are today, just like mm-hmm. you're a better leader now than you were five years ago. Right. What What do you do to stay on top of your game? What do you do to level up your leadership skills so that you never settle for just where you are? Yeah, that's that's a, a great question. Um, and that's something that I'm going to be actively doing as I move forward in this next chapter, right? Yeah, when I was running my company, it was, um, I was in it every day and it was a continual learning process and just through the nature of being in it, um, through that experience, it was uh, a daily evolution. It's interesting where I'm at now because, you know, I took a break, started last year, but I, I'm at a much more, let's say, um, even killed pace. Yeah. And, uh, and not to mention, it's not like being in an office. I'm independent, right? So I'm not um, involved with the team yet. Maybe I'll change my, not my mind and suddenly, hey, I want to create something with a bunch of people, I you know, but as of right now, I'm very comfortable doing my thing. But what I, I, it's going to really, I think, affect my leadership to take it up to another level is working with other leaders in that whole leadership development category mm-hmm. that I mentioned earlier, and working with those people because there's one thing when you teach others, you're also learning. Yes, at the same time, I used to teach martial arts also. And when I was teaching martial arts, I was learning at the same time to be mm-hmm. a better martial artist. Yeah. Uh, when I was running my company and I was teaching my staff how to do certain things, I was learning to become a better leader also mm-hmm. as I was yeah. developing them. That's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think now with this new context of me being an independent uh, consultant advisor, uh, it, it's it's going to be different experience for me, and I'm going to be learning in a different manner. That's going to, I believe, elevate my capabilities and wisdom to another level. Yeah, I think you know. I see a number of books on the shelves behind you. Obviously, you love to read, like I do, and like you, yes. I read from a very early age on, and have never stopped. Yeah. Is there a book that you would recommend? that has made a big difference in your journey that you, you say, Hey, if you're, if you're in leadership, this is a book that really impacted my life and that you encourage everybody listening to put on their to read list. There's so many books, right? But as far like leadership and running a company, one book I found really impactful with good to great by oh, Jim Collins. Love that book. Yeah. 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 Just fantastic. Uh, I just love the methodology, how uh, the approach that he went um with determining good companies from great companies and and what he identified as the common traits and i took those principles like the hedgehog concept for example right and applied it to my company like okay what could we be the best in the world at or at least best in this area you know i did some modifications of my own right of course Uh, just based on our situational context you know what was our, our metrics um um, our operating uh, metrics. Um, what are you passionate about? You know, those, those hedgehog concepts, uh, that was a big one. Uh, so that, that book uh, was definitely impactful. 
you know, there's a lot of, a lot of good things in, in that book, actually, even the aspect of, uh, being humble. I, I believe he mentioned something about how the best leaders are, are really much more modest and, um, yeah, you know, not really out there being flamboyant, uh, attention seeking, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, from his studies, his experience of what he knows time after time, after time, after time, um, the nature of, of the effective leader. Often people are going to walk away from a conversation like this, Craig, with with one big idea. If you were able to define what you want people to walk away with, one big idea, what would that be? That's a great question. I, you know, I was going to say one thing, but you know, I, I need to go back to that five elements of entrepreneurship because mm-hmm. it is unique because it's not something that is out there. It's something I created. Yeah. And okay, maybe I'm being biased here, but but I do feel it's very important that one pays attention to these five elements and they work to develop that and balance it. It's it's critical for success. I, I feel it, it could be yeah. extremely helpful on one's journey. So that's that's a concept that I would like to get across for people to understand and to take it and run with it. I know folks are going to want to stay connected to you and continue to learn from you and check out your book. What is the best way for people to do that? Well, to get my book, um, Business Kung Fu, which is what it looks like. So if you go on Amazon and search for it, that's that's the cover. And it's available in uh, paperback, hardcover, Kindle format. Uh, on Amazon only right now, but you know, I'm planning on distributing it in other means, hopefully an audiobook as well. But for the moment, on Amazon. Uh, and then as far as getting in touch with me or learning more about me, the, uh, people can visit my website at csquaredpro.io, the letter C, and then squared, spelled out, pro.io. And uh, there's a contact form on there. Uh, I don't list my number or email just because you get on all these crazy lists and get spammed like crazy. So to minimize that, I, I have a form, but I actively monitor that. So if someone fills out the form, I'll receive it and, and be sure to respond. Um, also, LinkedIn is a great spot to get in touch with me. So LinkedIn slash in slash Craig Cook. So that's Craig, not Greg, but Craig, C-R-A-I-G. And then Cook, C-O-O-K-E. So Cook with an E at the end. Um, and I'm on other channels too, Craig Cook, like Twitter and Instagram. But uh, but LinkedIn and my website are the two best spots. Thanks for joining me for this episode today. As we wrap up, I'd love for you to do two things. First, subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you find value here, I'd love it if you would rate it and review it. That really does make a difference in helping other people to discover this podcast. Second, if you don't have a copy of my newest book, Catalytic Leadership, I'd love to put a copy in your hands. If you go to catalyticleadershipbook.com, you can get a copy for free. Just pay the shipping so I can get it to you and we'll get one right out. My goal is to put this into the hands of as many leaders as possible. This book captures principles that I've learned in 20 plus years of coaching leaders in the entrepreneurial space, in business, government, nonprofits, education, and the local church. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn to keep up with what I'm currently learning and thinking about. And if you're ready to take a next step with a coach to help you intentionally grow and thrive as a leader, I'd be honored to help you. Just go to catalyticleadership.net to book a call with me. Stay tuned for our next episode next week. 
Until then, as always, leaders, choose to be catalytic. Thanks for listening to Catalytic Leadership with Dr. William Attaway. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss the next episode. Want more? Go to catalyticleadership.net.